welcome to Season 4, Episode 14 of the Firefresh Recruitment Podcast. This week, guest Katie Green, Recruitment Business Coach at Centred Excellence, joins Wendy to discuss how to start working on the business, not in the business. Make sure to follow us on social to stay updated about our latest live events, and leave a review if you enjoyed the episode. Good afternoon, everyone. How are we doing? Um, I'm delighted that we have got um, Katie Green here for Centred Excellence. Hello, Katie. How are you doing? Hi. Very well, thank you. Yeah. In an array of butterflies. (laughs) Yes, thank you. Yeah. I love it. Now, Centred Excellence is uh, a business that I've um, known from the very start because your colleague, Nikki Coffin, who's uh, who's out in the States, I hear just now, Mm -hmm. um, she was somebody that bizarrely, we started working at the same time and we followed one another career through starting recruitment business, selling recruitment business, and now you and Katie, um, sorry, you and Nikki are in the world of coaching other recruitment uh, businesses. Do you want to just give us a little bit of an insight in terms of Centred Excellence, what you're all about and and background in yourself? Yeah, lovely. Thank you very much, Wendy. So uh, hi, everyone. It's lovely to be here with you today, or if you're watching this on playback. Um, So Centred Excellence, we, um, Nikki and I came together, we actually knew each other similar to you from our days back in the the world of recruitment. And and I was very, very lucky to have Nikki as my coach, actually my strategic coach when I was um, back in that world. And then we came together about seven years ago. Centred Excellence has been going now for 12 years, I think it is now, in terms of total content. What we do is we help recruitment businesses to grow fundamentally. So to move their business, grow their business in a, with ease and simplicity in a really, really um, strategic way. So um, we help businesses that might be at startup, scale up, wherever their ceiling of complexity is, we support them to grow their business strategically. And also we work on people's mindset, which is probably one of the things that we're actually really well known for is and makes us very different is what we do on the mindset side of things too. And and we're going to delve more into that because yeah. you know, leading a company is all about um, is all about how you as the leader is feeling, etc. As well, um, right. I know Nikki, Nikki keeps wanting to have a coffee with me and sort it, sort me out, but I keep telling her <laughs> no. It's so it's a waste of time. She can never sort me out. Um, but uh, it's yeah, it, it's a it's a really good difference that I, I think you 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 um, help a lot of um, your yeah. your members and companies that you help. So listen, thanks for joining us. So the today's topic I think is mm. very very because we've had as recruiters mm-hmm. such a busy mm-hmm. time of it you know um unlike the the press and everything else just now telling us it's all doom and gloom in the recruitment right. world it's very buoyant and um, but mm. what that's meant is that i think you've seen as well as a lot of company owners and agencies that are trying to scale are almost just you know at, at their, their their wits end because they've just been running 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 in the hamster wheels we say right Right. And know that they just can't keep going like that. So, um, you know, it's that time element. And I think a lot of people come to you and say, look, how do I get more time in my life? You know, where, mm. where how I can't achieve all of this? How am I going to do that? Um, is, is that the sort of main sort of reason why, you know, company owners are, are, are finding that pain just now in terms of being able to work on their business? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really good point. I think we can all probably in our own way, lean into that and see how that is working for us. And, and this time element, I mean, it's probably been there for a long for a while in terms of recruitment business owners or any business owners, knowing that how they manage their time is a key thing. I mean, certainly, I would say, 
time um, for me, learning that time was more important and money was probably one of the biggest shifts I made. Because if you think about the concept of time, like we've all got 24 hours in the day. So whether you're, I don't know, Richard Branson, Elon Musk, you've all got the same 24 hours in the day. Um, but the thing is for us is about how we manage that and how we manage ourselves on where we focus that time. Um, and there's a really, uh, for me, it landed for me, a truth bomb out there, which is that your current business situation is a reflection of the decisions that you've made in the past about how you've invested your time. Right. So mm. I'll say that again, because yeah. when some people might want to write this down, when it landed for me, it made such a difference. So your current business situation is a reflection of the decisions that you've made about how you've invested your time in the past. So in other words, like if we want to get a different set of results in our business, we need to change the decisions that we're making about where we spent our time in the past. That's bottom line um and so what we want to do is we've got to get really really aligned with our goals and making sure that what we're doing on a daily basis is what we should be doing to achieve those goals and if it's not we we should stop doing it but what happens for a lot of people is that they are in this and this is where the ceiling of complexity can make it more difficult for individuals is that we're living our life by default so we're not conscious about where we're spending our decisions and about where we're deciding to spend our time. So we get to the end of the day and we feel like maybe we don't feel like we've achieved a lot or we might feel a bit out of control of well, where did that day go? How many hours did I have and what have I spent it on? And then you're thinking, well, what just happened to me? You know, yeah. things are happening to me rather than for me. Um, but yeah, it's like you're you're reacting to the elements in front of you rather than being deliberate or proactive with what you want to try and achieve. Aha, uh aha, -huh, uh -huh. exactly that. So when we start to think about where we're investing our time, and maybe, for example, we take the same attitude that we might with our time about how we would about our money. Because if you think about it, we invest our money or we put our money in a bank and then we probably keep checking it. We'll check that bank balance and we'll know what we're doing with that money. But interestingly enough, we don't approach time in the same way. So we want boundaries in place to protect our time so that we can make sure that we are utilizing it and spending it in the right way and on the right things. So, yeah, this is this is what it boils down to, really, is is what's the value of your time? Mm -hmm. And then what could you be doing in that hour? And are you doing the right things in that hour? Do you know, I really love that analogy in terms of the money in the bank. I've never heard <laughs> that before. I think that's really good. Um, yeah. So do you have some tricks and, and some sort of steps that, you know, perhaps some of our audience could start to do that in terms of like looking and understanding where they're, because I, I, I think, you know, there's not one person in that audience right now that wouldn't have done a day in the last two weeks sitting right. there going, where did that go? You know, so right. how, what would be the first steps to sort of understand where their time is, is getting spent in order to evaluate where it should be spent? Yeah. Okay. So there's a couple of things on this. Um, you do want to get clear about what your time is worth. Mm -hmm. And then you want to look at where you're currently spending it. And then you look at what do I need to start doing? And then what do I need to stop doing? But before you do that, 
you want to make sure that because we want to set ourselves up so we're focusing on the right things you know you mentioned earlier about where people's strengths are this is what we you know call people's superpower areas because everyone can lead in a business and i think this is important to state as well for everybody is doesn't matter um what type of leader you are you can lead and there are different types of leaders and this is about where you're most in flow so what i mean by that is what we call your super strength because your super strength is where you actually want to be spending a minimum of 70 percent of your time mm. um, and what we find is that a lot of people are when we're talking to people and when i'm talking to people in the marketplaces they're probably spending maybe 20 or 30 percent in actually their strength area but they've got 70 percent that's taken up doing the things that they think they need to be doing in their business like maybe it is credit control or maybe it is invoicing or maybe it is resourcing for candidates or doing some marketing or content when actually maybe their strengths are in other areas so the first thing that you want to get really clear on is to uncover like what is it that's my super strength now that's actually quite easy to do because the question that you would ask yourself is what are the three things in my business that i do naturally i and i absolutely love it and i'm probably really really productive at it i'm probably really good at it so there'd be like if you just wrote down three things that you were really really good at so maybe that I'm, is business development for example I'm so write yours pad down here. write yours yeah, down I'm, Wendy. I'm getting my pad here <laughs> okay so write down the three top things that you love to do and you're most productive at and normally by the way generally what you'll find is that there's a correlation between what you love and where you're most productive yeah and then what i want you to do is write down the three things that you struggle with that you least like to do and that might be resourcing candidates for some people it might be i don't know it counts it might be formatting cvs anything it might be training your staff Mm -hmm. and then what you want to do is you want to write down how much time so next to the things that you love how much time in the week would you say that you're spending on those things so that's a number of hours write down how many hours a week you're spending on the things that you love and then how many hours are you spending on the things that you don't love and I don't know about you, but when I'm spending stuff on the stuff I don't like, I feel drained. I don't feel very productive. That is it. That is it. And it will. It sucks your energy because you're not in flow. That's mm -hmm. the thing about it. And that's how you know the difference. So good point. Mm -hmm. Now, imagine if you were to spend 80% of your time in the areas of those three things that you absolutely love. Mm -hmm. so if you spend 80 percent of your time doing those the question is how much business or revenue could you create for your business so let's say for example i loved business development and i spent 80 percent of my time doing bd instead of what i might be at the moment 30 percent what would that generate so mm -hmm. for anyone listening it might be you'd want to say well how many more jobs could i place in a month or um yeah how many jobs could I create in the business? And then you take your average fee and then you would look at what your average fee is, times that by the number of, of jobs, and that will give you a figure because what you need to look at is what's the uplift that that would generate for you. So if you spend 80% of your time in these areas, 
how much more money could I generate? And I was just about to say, because I, I think when you see growing businesses, you feel as the leader, you just have to start doing everything because you're saving costs by not hiring or getting people in to doing the stuff that you're just picking up. But when you're starting to look at it from point of view, how much more effective that recruitment agency owner could be if they're doing that and how many more placements that they can do, that suddenly negates, you know, the cost of bringing somebody in just to cover the stuff that you don't like doing anyway, don't you? Well, this is exactly it, because what often happens is we start a business and maybe it's just us on our own Mm -hmm. and then we hire somebody in. But what happens is we are doing everything. So we're doing things that we're out of flow, but also it boils down to what's your hourly rate and could you hire somebody at a cheaper hourly rate to do that task? Because if you can, then you want to outsource it, delegate it um, or stop doing it Mm -hmm. or systemize it. Because what will be happening is, let's say, for example, I'm a recruitment business owner. I start a business and then I'm doing accounts. I'm doing invoicing. I'm doing resourcing. I'm doing, you know, as well as business development. I'm doing all of these things at once. But what happens is I'm building, I'm harvesting the energy of myself. And that becomes the energy of the business. But actually what I want to do is I want to be doing business development. I want to be talking to clients, but I'm getting sucked into these other areas that maybe I'm not very good at. And secondly, I could actually employ somebody else to do, let's say it's £15 an hour. But if I was doing business development, my hourly rate might be £3,000 or it might be £10,000 an hour. So this is where the consciousness of where you're spending your time, like getting really conscious about where you're spending your time and what you're doing in that time is critical Mm -hmm. because you can't create more time. You can only look at how you use that time. Yeah. And I think that's so relevant for not only even agency leaders, but any recruiters managing their own desk as well in terms of the type of jobs that they're taking on, the ones that they can fill easier rather than the ones that they hate working anyway. And it takes Mm -hmm. them a lot longer and they probably don't do a good job on it by the client, too. So I think it's quite relevant to see, you know, that that is such an important element. Um, I've been I've been talking anybody that's sort of been um, listening to me uh, recently in terms of a lot of the the conversations or speaking slots that I've been doing as well and it's about getting ready for next year and that's why I wanted right. you to come on the show just now because we've had such a, a good busy time that naturally people are going to be reacting right. to the marketplace and responding to that but getting this right now will really mm-hmm. shape your business in a better place if the market starts to change next year so it's so important yeah. to start to sort of be deliberate with your actions right now yeah, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I, I would totally agree with you. I think we're in a window of opportunity right now that people can really get themselves set up for anything so that you weather any storm. And the way to do that is to make sure that, you know, what in my business is systemized or processed um, and what do I need to get off my plate and get other people to be doing so that, you know, I can free up that time to work strategically on my business and to create these things and get them in place. Um, 
because so often a business is just reliant on that individual rather than the systems or the processes within the business that really do the heavy lifting and do the work. So, and when you're yeah. and when you're scaling that business, I think it's really key because what we have seen as well in the last um, you know couple of years from COVID, a lot of people have been you know trialing out recruitment. It doesn't work. I want to go elsewhere. So you right. could have a business that's very vulnerable and only run on people. Now, when you've been running your own businesses in the past, Katie, just like yourself, you know it's very easy to run it with the top billers in mind and doing everything mm-hmm. evolving around that top biller rather than maybe what's right for the business. Where where do you mm-hmm. see in terms of how do you advise companies when they're in that situation? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> again, that's very, very true. You know, you're, you're often looking at that and you do want to keep those individuals in mind, but your strategy needs to drive your business, not your people. And so it's, you know, your people fit the strategy, not your strategy fits the people. And again, you know, I can put my hands up, Wendy, I know years ago, I used to create a strategy around my people and my business. So it's about thinking, okay, it's got to work the other way around. Otherwise, problems are going to start to come to the surface. So it's about what strategically goes back to your vision. What is it that you want to most create in this world? And what's the purpose of that? business behind it and then okay so if we're going to set that up to scale where do we want to be looking ahead where do we want to be in 12 months three years what does that look like what do we need in place what do we need from a people perspective but what's the product we're selling or the solution we're selling what's our service offering how is that going to be delivered because the people then fit that strategy over the top then you know where your holes are if you like, in terms of that. And, you know, we have a saying, which is, you know, always regulate your decisions on data rather than emotion. So a lot of um, clients I know, and I hope people do, but if they're not thinking about it, is to be looking at every, every six months, reviewing their business and doing what we call a business x-ray. So get underneath it, lift the lid on your business, look underneath the bonnet, what is actually going on and where are those profit levers or those areas that we can take advantage of? Um, So I want to dive, I want to dive into that because a lot of people mm. will be thinking, Oh, what should I be looking at then when I look underneath? Because there's so much data. So, you know, where do you help your businesses to identify, you know, what they should be looking at their business? Yeah. So I would start. So if I'm somebody listening and I'm thinking that sounds like a great idea, I'd love to do that. So first thing I would do, keep it really simple for you, is to look back on the last 12 months worth of placements that you have in your business or 10, whatever, or both, whichever it is. Look back on that data, put it into you need it into sort of spreadsheet format because you want to be looking at the client, looking at the value, looking at the candidate, looking at the role type looking at the location um, and looking at all margin um, and hours worked. And what you're looking for is patterns. So you're looking to say, what's the 20% of my um, resources that are actually giving me 80% of my output? So if people are familiar with Pareto's law, that's really what we're looking at here is, what are the things that are actually giving me 80% of my output? And there will be patterns. So if you start to look at that data, you're looking for what those are. So there could be, for example, a role type that when you actually look at it, let's say, for example, I don't know, you, you're working across 10 role types, 
But actually, when you start to look at the data, there's one or two of those role types that are actually giving you the bigger chunk of your return. Okay, so then ask yourself the question, if we were to do more in that area, what would that look like for us? And that's how you can forecast and start planning ahead for next year. And if you had, I think that's great. And that's definitely what we're we're sort of about as well as helping customers to try and do that. Um, mm. And in terms of um, some examples that you've had with companies that have sort of come to you like this, and because you're almost asking somebody to take a brave pill there, you know, wear, wear the big girl pants or the boys pants there <laughs> to make a change in the business. They're, you're almost mm. going to say, stop doing something that you thought was okay, because you can now see from the data it's not. But I guess a lot of people might not like that. Yeah, um, or might have a fear, yeah, or yeah, a concern attached to it, which is fair enough. And actually, you know, that's a good thing because, the, you know, they're, they're questioning, okay, but what if? So they're asking the right question. But that would be the first question I'd actually ask myself is, okay, but if you did do that, and therefore, what are the roles that you need to say goodbye to? So on the flip side of what we just said, what's the 20% that's giving you 80% of your results? But then look at patterns of, well, what are maybe the 20, the 30, what are the other things that I'm doing that actually maybe they're not giving me any result? Or if they are, it's 20% rather than 80%. Because if you're to spend your time in the area that gives you four times the return, then you're still going to be, um, from your belief system, you'll be able to give your belief system enough evidence to say, okay, now I understand why I'm going to make that change. Yeah, I like that. That's the evidence for your belief system to say it is the right decision. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, you, yeah. you could be and you could be taking that sort of analogy as well into clients. So, you know, let's look at the clients that you spend the time on and who's actually giving you the value. Absolutely, absolutely. Because I think we can, and in the market, the moment where it's very job rich, and so people are in that sort of, I say luxury, but they're getting a lot, yeah. it can be a good thing, and it can be a bad thing. Because when you get a lot of clients coming to you, and it could even be a client you've got a great relationship with, but they're now asking you to help them with different types of roles that might not be in your niche or your forte, but you feel obliged because you've got that relationship to work that job. But actually, when you look back on the stats, it's going to show you maybe my gut was right. I shouldn't have taken that job because actually it sat on my matrix or my team's matrix and we didn't even fill it. So was that, you know, was that a role we should take or are we now confident we're not going to say yes to that? Now, you've talked then about sort of looking at the data and reflection in the six months or the year in the past. But, mm. you know, I know that you also work um, very um, well with customers in terms of what they should be looking at on a sort of weekly and monthly basis in terms of, you know, rock solid management reporting, review systems, mm. KPIs. Mm. You know, that's a different area mm. that a lot of people flit into, flit out of it. What should mm. they be doing? Should they be running the KPIs or not? What's your view on all of that? Yeah, it's interesting. We have this conversation quite quite a lot. And it's um, so, you know, for good reason, people that I speak to want to build a business that runs without them. Yeah, and that's often why they've started their own recruitment business. And everyone can create it. 100% it's available. The thing that a lot of us have experienced maybe in the past is that kind of KPI fatigue. And so we 
we might question the value of KPIs in our business. So when we start a recruitment business, we say to ourselves, right, I, you know, I want a culture where people aren't bashed over the head with KPIs. I want to have a culture where people feel empowered and they own their role. And so they start a business and they don't have any metrics whatsoever. But then they start to grow and then they start to hire people and then they start to notice, ah, maybe we're not getting the results from our people that we actually need or we want. And so we start to point to underperformance. Now, the thing about it is neither party has any way of knowing or measuring whether they are actually on track unless you have some sort of metrics in place because you don't know what you're working against. So people lose direction, they lose motivation, and they can't benchmark themselves to know whether or not they're on track or whether or not I'm doing a good job um, if you don't have them. And, and the most important thing is you as that business owner, you can't affect a performance. So you feel frustrated, you feel out of control, and you probably end up doing exactly what you didn't want to do when you set your business up, which was you start micromanaging. And then, you know, you're down this horrible, slippery slope. So we kind of have a saying, which is what gets counted counts. So for anyone to have confidence, control, visibility on your cash flow, performance of your business, you need to know how you can affect an impact the output of your team. That means you've got to have metrics in place. Because then if you go on holiday, um, you know, you get to the point where you want that business to run without you, you have to have metrics that enable you to be able to literally look at the metrics. And from that metric, you can forecast, you can see if you're on track, you can pinpoint where those areas are. So this is the real value to having um, we call them key success factors. Some of, you know, some people call them unicorns. You can call them whatever you want. Um, you know, unicorns, you can make your own name for it. But it's about how you use those to empower people and get people to understand what the value Why? of them is. Why are they there? It's your GPS. It's like getting in a car and saying, you know, I want to go to, I don't know, I want to drive up to Loch Lomond to see you, Wendy. And I get in my car and I just start driving. Mm -hmm. well I might get to you um and again it might take me how many hours versus if I plugged in to my sat nav and I got my GPS and I know where I'm going because I've already got it mapped I'm going to get there a lot quicker it's the same principle really with all of our businesses oh god Katie I'm just like taking you back to a conversation with my husband that anytime I go in a car that's exactly what he says to me and I, I quite okay. like the thrill of just going <laughs> So I would be a terrible customer for you. <laughs> so true, so true. And you probably high dynamo energy. So it's what we call Absolutely. the squirrel. We just, we just like, you know, go, going off. Let's see that. what happens and we'll That's deal it. with it when it comes in a bit of an adrenaline rush. That will do well. Oh, <laughs> Don't That's copy it. me, everyone. <laughs> no, no. But the thing is, I mean, you know, and I know we're, you know, we are joking and at the same time, it is important because if you are that type of person, which a lot of entrepreneurs are, creative entrepreneurs don't like too much structure. They don't like KPIs. They don't like reporting. They don't like the attention to detail because they're out of flow. Mm -hmm. So it's having a simple scorecard, though, 
can make all the difference to give them that feeling of, oh, okay, I've got that management of my business. And then you put people in underneath you that actually do the management process and you can elevate yourself, but it's, it's no longer your job. But you've got to have those things in place for you to do that. And I think that's a brilliant way to summarize it, because I think anybody that's looking to scale, that's really one of the sort of key functions to being able to scale there. And what, what I would add, add on, on every other entrepreneur's sort of mind right now is I, t- I tell you what, yeah, you're absolutely right. Stereotypical there in terms of don't like the detail, don't like to get in. But I tell you, I will absolutely want to get into the detail if things are not going right. And that's where we switch. And, uh-huh. and that's where you know, a good entrepreneur is always all over it as well. So that's that's the balance that we've got to constantly have. But having somebody in the operations to do that on a daily basis so you can go and do what you're in your flow with is is definitely a key takeaway that I think a lot of people can take. Katie, that's been um, just such a good half hour of exploring all of those different areas. And and I think that relationship we take for granted is all about how we feel about our businesses and how we're involved in it. And our state of mind is how the business actually translates um, so and is able, to, is able to scale. And I think a lot of people forget that sometimes. We're all mm. guilty of it. And I put myself in there as well. So, Yeah, we, you know, uh, yeah, to, end, to sort of finish on that, you know, your business is a reflection what is going on in your head everything in your external world that's really scary um i don't know how (laughs) we we grow businesses these days then (laughs) katie listen just a a couple of takeaways i've taken Mm. away there from there as well Mm. that i think our audience can come in and say you know i think you know let's let there's no harm at any time even if the business is going really well you know sit down map out what you're good at another little trick that I know we've shared as well is like go into your diary have a look at it and color code it you know you know green for stuff that you're meant to be doing and you like doing red for stuff you don't see what percentage it is I'm a visual person love seeing that as well and a double take on that in order to keep you in the right way and Mm. now is that window as you said of opportunity really to get ready for next year because things are things are changing as the uh, as 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 we are we're seeing in the 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 uh, the news just now so it's better to be prepared and hope for the best well hope's never a strategy I always say that yeah. as well but it's better to be prepared and be deliberate in terms of how we want to grow if somebody wants to get hold of you Katie what's the best way oh yes so um best way is probably LinkedIn I would say Good. reach out to me there um Katie at setofexcellence.co.uk um Great. so that's an easy one but yeah um, LinkedIn is a great one to just ping me a message. Um, Perfect. And I'm sure yeah. you'll be open to sharing any of your thoughts on that. Oh, yes. Um, and yes, I know lots questions. Yeah. Perfect. I know lots of your members as well are, are, are using Farfish. So it's been a great sort of um, you know, partnership yes, that we've you. got growing here as well. So I appreciate that too. Um, and yeah, and thank you so much for joining us today. So oh, on yeah. to the next one and our monthly um, monthly view. So uh, thank you for coming in and, and sharing um, your time with us. We re- really appreciate your time as well because it's and um, that's what you're uh, investing in your business by even showing up today um, and being part of the audience. Um, next show is um, going to be um, on 
back on to Christina Robertson from Green Umbrella. We know that she's a, a really popular guest on the show and try and get her in every every season. Um, it's Wednesday, the 16th of November, usual time at 1pm. And I know that Christina has been going on a little bit of a mission on personal branding. So lots of stuff there to, ch uh, to share. Um, and likewise, she's always great for um, good nuggets in terms of what's new on social and general marketing tips. So make sure um, if you get all your recruitment marketers or anybody um, from an owner's point of view uh, to tune into that one. Look forward to seeing you in November. Oh my God, it's November. As oh, you I said, know. it's almost Christmas. So that is us um, for, for today. Again, Katie, thank you so much. You, really appreciate you. it. And uh, thank you for tuning in and we'll see you in a month's time. Bye-bye.